0: Amps, you've seen like how um like when a colony of ants wants to cross like a a gap, they'll create a bridge of amps in order to cross it. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know this, but when they create those that bridge, they have to interlock their needs in a certain way that basically breaks their needs. So when they create that bridge, it's a one time deal. Like those ants that are are the bridge are now dead. But they do it for the colony. Exactly. So it makes me think of Imagine that from an individual standpoint. It's like you literally, like, isn't that mind control in like a natural sense? Yeah. Because like, you're not acting sense. out of yourself, you're acting out of a group, right?
1: Welcome to Speculative Sandbox, your audio playground for creative storytellers. My name is Vicki Lawn, and each episode, I and a guest will unpack a fiction trope with an eye for character development and narrative structures. Make sure to look for Speculative Sandbox on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, where you can join the conversation. Leave comments or questions, or let us know what other tropes we should cover. When the real world just doesn't cut it, let's get lost in a fictional one. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Mind control may seem like a faraway science fiction concept, but it's grounded in some scary truths. A.R. Mirabal joins the podcast to discuss the broad spectrum of control, including conditioning and the hive mind. Plus, we dive into the frustrating world of social media marketing for authors and how conditioning plays a part in our algorithm challenges. AR, I am so excited to have you on the podcast. Uh, we're talking about mind control today, and the reason why I wanted to talk about this topic was a particular game I played, but we will get into that in a second. Can you please introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us about your latest projects?
0: I am AR Bal. I am an author slash artist slash co-host and host of my own two podcasts. One is Authors Anonymous and the other being the ART podcast. I love science fiction, science fiction fantasy. I love getting philosophical. I love getting weird. I love aliens. So that's mainly what I write about. My latest project is Into the Great Void. And I'm very excited about it. It has been my child. I've been just getting it ready for years while I was in college, actually studying a lot of the things that I use to create the fictional world and technologies within the book. And it is littered with illustrations and drawings and fake blueprints of the technology. So you can just fully immerse yourself in the world and the story that I want to continue for at least, I would say, 20 books,
1: I think. Awesome. That's awesome. And... The information that you gave me for your biographic, which by the way, if listeners haven't seen Inst- our Instagram platform yet or Twitter, I post bios of all of our guests and you had some very interesting uh, things to put on your bio. So can you tell me a little bit about your your history and some of the interesting things that your family's been through?
0: Uh, sure. So um, my name, A.R. Mirabal, I actually am from the Mirabal family, if um anyone is Keen to Dominican history there was actually a dictator about 40 50 years ago named Trujillo and he was um he was up there I actually looked up in a list of all time dictators he was number 6 mm-hmm. i believe right under right after mao and um yeah he did a thing called the river of blood where i think he actually slaughtered 40,000 plus haitians and actually changed the color of the river that divides Dominican Republic in Haiti to red momentarily. Like wow. how much carnage he caused, which is an absolute animal. And as all dictators, he was very power hungry. And as the story goes, he saw my great cousins, I believe is what they would be considered. I, I look at them as like, you know, godparents or even like mothers in an astrological way, honestly. Um, but they were pursued by him and he tried to go after them romantically, them being the women that they are, the women of my family were like, no, get lost. He continued pursuing them until the point of punishing them and imprisoning them. And they still refused his hand, the hand in marriage. Wow. Then he went as far as torturing them until they accepted. He still refused. And then of course, their evident death followed soon after. My God. And- Within two weeks of their death is when uh, the revolution rang and he was taken from his power in a, a very aggressive way. I would leave it like that. And if you if you want to know any more of the more gruesome details, I would definitely look into it. It's honestly a riveting piece of uh, of history. And I feel honored to be a part of it because they have been remembered very fondly. There have been very books. There has been movies with Sama Hayek and Antonio Banderas. I mean... Uh, they were on the cover of Times. They have been immortalized on the even the money in Dominican Republic. So it's it's um it's a huge honor to be able to call upon that as far as inspiration goes. And if you really took a a therapeutic eye to most of my writing, a lot of it comes from that sense of rebellion of not giving in to a power that seems so much grander than yours.
1: I can't even imagine being in their shoes how terrifying and yet their bravery throughout that entire situation like that's that's inspiring and what a what a neat thing to pass down through your family and to be able to have that part of like your identity and your spirit so uh thank you for sharing that what a great story
0: Uh thank you for letting me share I rarely ever get into personal stuff when it comes to like my own marketing and talk on the podcast so I I always love just sharing her story and honestly as of today's recording it's actually my mother's birthday as well so Ooh. it all just works perfectly together and um, I'm always really inspired by the basically what I'm trying to do is take that story and the essence of what that story brings to me and give it out riddled with sci-fi and aliens in between that If fact if I can do that I will I would
1: have accomplished anything that I wanted to do. Honestly. That is awesome. I, I I instantly relate because when you talk about getting weird, especially with sci-fi and aliens, I'm like, yes, that's what I do too. <laughs> it's just kind of cool to explore intergenerational trauma and family in the in a completely different genre. But I think it just makes it so accessible because um, it's it's also entertaining and it's fun at the same time, very relatable.
0: Yes. Uh, if you ask me what, I mean, sci-fi just means so much to me. I, I truly am a fanatic about it um, to the point that it almost le- lessens the love that I have for other genres because I just relate everything back to sci-fi. It's my home for everything when it comes to if I want a good comedy, I like my sci-fi comedy. If I want a good drama, good romance, I love my sci-fi romance. It's just everything. And to me, where that comes from is that it's like opposite of the literary classics, where you would go back to a time frame 200, 300 years in the past, and you still can relate with the characters because it's, you know, it's a classic. And it's a classic because the writers were able to hone down of the emotion they felt at that time. And even 200, 300 years after, you can still relate to those same emotions because humans are still humans. Yes. And sci-fi, I love it because it's basically that, but just in the opposite direction, the other uh, opposite winding up a clock if you look into the future even with technology that seems mind bogglingly advanced to us or even another planet or even exploring the cosmos or dealing with clone technology or dealing with mind control dealing with all these different type of things you'll find that humans will still act like humans and i think Thank that's you. just a fascinating concept
1: Well, let's get to know you a little bit more as a human before we go into the topic. I have some rapid fire warm-up questions. Some of them are general and some of them start to actually go into mind control. So are you ready?
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely ready.
1: Okay. We're starting easy. Are you a sweet or savory person?
0: Uh, You said that's easy, man. I think that's top. uh, Yeah, that's hard. That's like asking what is God? Like, is there a God or... (laughs) Honestly, I would have to say sweet because uh, I just have a huge sweet tooth. Unbelievable. When I go on Instagram and I start getting in my loopholes of watching uh, recipes, oh, it's all about the Oreo stuff. Oh, okay. all about it.
1: (laughs) I relate to that. Okay. When is your favorite time of day to write?
0: Night. Night. Okay. Yeah.
1: What is one way to combat writer's block?
0: Treat it like it's going to the gym. Um, There's something that's like, sometimes progress doesn't feel like it's made every day, but Mm -hmm. when you look at it in a long term, it's always made. So even if it's just you putting in your 200, 300 words, even if it's just editing what you did the day before and telling yourself, why do you write? Oh my God, you should just quit. Just don't and keep doing it every day. Even if it's minuscule, even if it's nothing, um, the pendulum will swing. You'll have an amazing writing day one day and you just persevere.
1: That's some great advice. There are times where I feel like I'm only having a successful writing session if I put down at least a thousand words, but there's so much to do with like 200 or 100, especially when you can look back at it and go, oh, actually, now I know where I want to jump off of there. But you have to get those words down.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, one thing that because I I mean, I suppose every writer has an issue with this, but a piece of advice I was given by uh, Mr. Ortiz, a, a phenomenal author He said that no matter what, even if he's writing 2,000 words of absolute steaming hot garbage, it's better than doing nothing because at least you can, through editing, through whatever, you can at least polish that down into, you know, 100, 150 words of something credible, or at least you can polish down the entire idea and refine it into some better writing, but nothing is ever wasted.
1: Okay. Next question. We're going to start going into the topic. Now, when I was prepping for mind control, I also, because mind control is such an extreme form of control, but there's some more nuanced forms of it. So I wanted to allow for flexibility to go back and forth, which is conditioning. So this question is, what is a normalized occurrence in society that could arguably be considered a product of mind control or conditioning?
0: cell phones. I mean, the little notification that you get, especially that each one is uh indicative to a certain app, that mm. little ring that you get from Snapchat, the little bell that you'll get from Instagram. I, I would consider those uh, not even good examples, but I mean, textbook examples. Oh yeah. Pavlov's bell. Yeah. Pavlov's like, bell. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. So that you know exactly if someone is Facebooking you or even like the Tinder, you know, or, you know, just people can hear it and they know exactly what you've been doing on your phone
0: <laughs> yeah or the worst part is the phantom ringing where oh. you swear that something is going off in your phone and you tell yourself oh you know what i don't need to do that right now you know i'm evolved i'm not you know conditioned and then you check it five minutes later and you realize you don't have your phone and then you're like ah hmm. yeah i'm extremely conditioned actually <laughs> i'm super they got me well <laughs> <laughs> if
1: you could mind control someone or something would you
0: That's a dark I don't think question. Yeah, that's no. a dark question because, yeah, I don't think I would. I Like, I I always uh, believe in just, like, everything being authentic. When you ask, like, a favor for somebody, you don't want a person to do it begrudgingly. You want to do it because, like, they're okay with it. And if not, then I'll just figure it out myself. Yeah. So I think agreed. I would. Yeah, I think I would just omit that. Yeah. I don't okay. think i do that in my life.
1: I get that. I I just think it's a lot of work, like to worry about someone else when I can't even figure out my own stuff, (laughs) like to (laughs) be controlling someone else too.
0: (laughs) That's a a better answer, honestly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the topic of mind control, I have some definitions here. Mind control is to remove one's mind and replace it entirely with another. So someone is acting outside of their control and then conditioning, which is to normalize behavior in a way. Uh, that actually suits another's agenda but has become normalized to you so what drew you to this topic tell me all about it
0: well like most things in sci-fi i think with a topic of mind control is as the example was made with instagram and twitter and whatever you want to draw upon for just social media in general honestly is that it seems more and more likely that something like that is going to happen so especially when you look into like the core inspirations for like sci-fi you know you look at like matrix things like that the idea of like you know what are we who are we what are we doing when you start considering the possibility of mind control into that it really opens up for some very dynamic and interesting things to play around with themes characters to create what is what what is real is reality something that we create our, in ourselves is something, is reality a perception, is reality a general thing that somehow is all agreeable to, is reality only exists in the point of view of the person. And I think mind control just is the ultimate umbrella for all those things in a sense, because if you can, like you said, the definition of mind controlling is being able to completely replace a person's mind with another. And then the idea of conditioning is like conditioning a person to suit something that is better. So when you look at just dystopia, most dystopias have an idea of conditioning because they're trying to get the pe- the the common people, the uh, the majority of the population, in order to do a certain way or act a certain way, and that is through conditioning. And without getting too tinfoil in here, I, I would say I would argue that that is, to a sense, happening with just news mm-hmm. or just whatever it may be. It Maybe it's just um, you know political gerrymandering happening on social media where certain uh, ads will run in certain districts but not run in others. Just small things like that where to us it almost just seems like it's, like you said, it just becomes normalized. It's like, oh, that's just business. That's what they do. That's how things work. But it's only been business because we've allowed it to be business. And in that sense, that's when the whole idea of mind control really starts really opening up to what is mind control.
1: Who benefits in this control relationship,
0: I would say the person holding the whip.
1: Is it like, why? Why would they want that? Is it usually like people in power want it because they want a subdued population? They want something out of the person they're controlling?
0: What do you think drives all that? Man, that's a phenomenal question. <laughs> I always say that when it comes to like, you know, Locke versus Hobbes, I truly believe that man is innately good um you know maybe that's wishful thinking maybe that's me being naive but I truly believe that people like I I don't believe anybody is out here doing evil to for the sake of evil even people that do really bad things I think it's because they've allowed themselves to believe that what they're doing um that the means the action justify the means basically Uh, and justify the means I'm sorry Mm -hmm. so when it comes to that I truly don't think it's I mean it, it it very well could be uh, an idea of just holding power t- for the sake of holding power and ha- having that over a person. but I think it's mostly just either profits or the idea of um releasing information to the public might do something that we don't have a control over. so let's kind of keep it in our circle for a little bit until we can um you know do better with it and i I think that's. You know kind of a silly idea but if i were to logic out why people in power would do that i think it's because they actually believe in their own twisted way that they're helping Mm. while also lying their pockets if we can be honest
1: (laughs) well it definitely i feel like it seems in order for you to justify removing one's autonomy and ways of thinking to replace it with another that you've completely objectified the, the the target audience and do not care about them as human individuals and like you said, an ends to a mean or means to an end. I never get that one right. but Yeah.
0: Um, I never made much sense to an It's a little scary. To a means. means to an end. Yeah. That's means what it to an end. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, let's talk about some fiction examples. I wanted us to start with fiction first and then go into real world because everything kind of starts in the real world. doesn't. But fiction mm-hmm. seems to be the easiest way. And um, yeah, so I have different examples of conditioning and mind control. Did you want to go first? Uh, no, you can go ahead. Okay, so this was interesting um, and maybe one that was worth debating. So I was really trying to analyze Bucky in Winter Soldier. Have you seen mm, that movie?
0: I actually just recently saw that movie too. Okay. Yeah.
1: My first thought was mind control. But once I started to realize the psychological strain on him and the conditioning that was associated with certain you know, names and phrases... I was like, maybe he's more under conditioning. What do you think? Is he conditioning or mind control?
0: I would say mind control. Okay. Because, but it is a pretty, it is a hard toss up though. I would say mind control because they use words almost in a Pavlovian sense in order to trigger something. But once it is triggered, it's no longer his mind. Oh, he's gone. Okay. It's like, in your definition of mind control is replacing somebody's mind with somebody else in order to fit in alter- like a, a motive or something that another person wants and i think that's uh, essentially what happens when he goes into that winter soldier mode but i suppose that that mind control wouldn't have been possible without conditioning because they mm. in order to break him that way they would have had to use those words in order to conditioning him before so i it is an interesting concept
1: okay all righty yeah.
0: your turn what do you have you can just go back say, and forth
1: i guess
0: no i would say what immediately came to my mind um earlier was uh, i guess like textbook the ideas like uh, brave new world or um you know 1984 oh i
1: thought 1984 but, too are you, are you yeah. thinking about the the tv footage stuff? yeah tv yes.
0: soma uh you know like everything along those lines but if i can be honest one that's a a more um recent example is actually Black Mirror. I can't remember the name of the episode. I think it's uh, Men on Fire. Man on Fire. It's okay. When it's an episode where they basically have these genetically enhanced soldiers and they go into a war zone and what they believe they're seeing, what they believe they're hunting, what they believe they're executing, are these almost zombie-like humans that have been um mutated through some type of warfare and now they have to kill them because like they're saving humanity so like not only are they killing them with um you know efficiency they're killing them with like passion behind it like they want they it's these are their enemies so they're going for it you find out that what the genetic genetic implementation was was actually to change how they viewed those people those people weren't mutated. They were regular humans. They were refugees. Wow. So yeah. So when the soldier realized this, and he asked his commanding officer what had happened, the this quote has stayed with me for so long. Honestly, it's um, he said that the firing rate, like the missing rate, of warrior of soldiers in World War One was about eighty percent. Meaning they they missed eighty percent of the time. In World War Two, it was something like ninety percent. And supposedly, the reason for those numbers is because even though they had it in their mind that, like, the other person was a warrior, there's something about the human consciousness that, like, still believes that, like, a human is a human, and you still don't want to, even though, like, you have to, you have to fight in that direction, you, you're you not trying to hurt somebody. Mm. So, what he said that the only way they can condition the soldiers out of it was to make them believe that the enemy they were fighting was a truly outside of the realm, just monster a villain, and that is what they were able to, to do. That's and That's terrifying. Think, yeah, it's terrifying, and I think that in itself is something that we see a lot, you know, um, you know, not trying, like, you know, leaving it like in the fictional sense for, for now as much as possible, but I think we see real-world examples of that all the time. They might not be as technologically savvy about it, it might not be as rampant as we see it, but it happens in very small um, you know, events, circumstances around the world that you hear about in the news and kind of quickly kind of get washed over by whatever happens the day next or the the week following. But I would say that those are experiments. Those are control tests for what could happen in the future, honestly.
1: Yeah, that does sound very probable, Uh, the conditioning, because that makes me think of um well 1984 as well but also a clockwork orange where the character main character was conditioned to respond to certain triggers whenever they would show like what was it whenever they would show him like acts of violence or things like that and they would feed him something that would make make him sick so that anytime he wanted to be violent later when once he was released he would just start having he just start throwing up and being violently ill um it's it's kind of it's amazing how your body can be turned against you because he doesn't he doesn't want to be sick but his brain's been conditioned to a point where it's acting outside of his control
0: yeah uh my god shameless plug here but it just made me think about it right now um one thing that i did for my book was i believe my chapter two starts off with with the line i love today because it's the character's birthday so it's the character when he is 15 years old and he is talking talking about how much he loves the day you know it's a 15 year old on their birthday so it's pretty self explanatory then two chapters after that it flips back well flips forward to him when he is 33 years no 35 years old on his birthday and the and the first line says i hate today so mm. what you understand those 20 years is that he has been conditioned by xyz by just events that have just torn away at that innocence that he once had, and now he hates a day that he once loved. Um, that just made me think of the same thing that you were talking about with the clockwork orange, how you can be conditioned to do something completely opposite, and how the brain just can put up walls in order to defend yourself, in order to just survive, because at the end of the day, that's what the brain is is for. Whatever survival means is what it will do.
1: Yeah, Yes. Switching over to mind control, like complete mind control, um, where you know someone else is controlling you now, like full on controlling you, um, rather rather than any form of conditioning, yeah. I came up with Wanda, in Wanda Vision, or any kind of way that Wanda takes over people's minds and messes with them,
2: yeah, that's um,
1: good, and also mind control, like complete mind control, is very prominent in kids fiction. Um, And just entertainment. So an example would be in Mario Odyssey. Uh, It's the one of the latest video games with Mario World, he will take over the host, like if he throws a hat at a character, he'll like just take over them. And The like in one of uh, one of the lands, there's a dinosaur that's sleeping, and the dinosaur will trample you if you wake him up. But if you throw your hat on him, you go into the dinosaur and now you're controlling everything the dinosaur is doing, which is terrifying for the dinosaur and any other character that that happens to because Mario's just using them um as he you know proceeds through the game. And then of course there's the Imperial curse in Harry Potter, where you know yeah. you're completely controlling someone. So I was like, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of examples of complete mind control that um that kids watch and i was just like that's so interesting
0: my god that is phenomenal because the one that immediately pops into my head is get out you know the uh-huh. whole sinking into yourself scene and uh you know what when, when, the, when the guy gets showing a picture of himself from the past and his nose starts bleeding because Ooh. it's like literally like the brain is having an aneurysm trying to deal with the two consciousness in place and which one is dominant and which one can actually control the body that I mean, that movie is a textbook example of like a, just amazing mind control. It's so to me that shows that the true, like what you said, is that they put like a the Mario hat scene, put it in a like wonder. It's like oh look, look how cute it is. Now the the dinosaur has a Mario hat on. But like mm-hmm. Get Out was like the true, like oh wow, this is terrifying when you actually sit and consider it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is really scary. And when okay, when we first were emailing back and forth, I mentioned to you a video game called Inside, um yes. which got me really interested in it. I don't know if you've had a chance to play it yet.
0: I have not.
1: Okay. It is it's available like it we have it on Nintendo. It's like a $1.99 in the on the online store. It's surprisingly um, you know, accessible. But the way that Inside Starts is you're on the run and you're in a forest and you're out running what appears to be human traffickers. You have these people with guns and flashlights and dogs and they're loading people up into a semi truck and driving away. And as you are trying to escape and run away, you go from the forest and you proceed into like a farm area. Then you go into what looks like a city and it looks like there are people that look like lifeless for- forms just walking around being controlled and tested, like they're going to be used for something. And the further into the game, you realize that these things are, these people, I say things because it turns out they're not people. They're called husks, I believe. So they look like people on the outside, but they're mind controlled to do labor, like work in the mines and do a lot of like the hard labor stuff. And eventually the whole point of the game is the husk, the source of the husk doesn't want to be mind controlled anymore. And so there's a connection with the that source and the boy that you're playing Because the boys, like ultimately, are trying to escape the control of these humans that are using it. But it kind of freaked me out playing the whole game because you see how these life, these husks, are being used for, um, you know, like working in the mines in really dangerous conditions. And it just like because they look like us, it immediately like my first assumption initially were these are people that were um, being controlled and how they could just be discarded at any point but it's such a good game i highly highly recommend it artistically it's gorgeous it's made by the same people who did inside and shoot i'm forgetting what the other game was called but these are award-winning games anyway i wanted to share that
0: no that's phenomenal if i can be honest you explaining that to me i know we're trying to like steer away from it the non-fiction but it immediately made me think of amps um like i know it seemed a little like left field but amps you've seen like how um like when a Colony of Amps wants to cross, like, a a gap. They'll create a bridge of Amps in order to cross it. Okay. Well, I don't know if you know this, but when they create those that bridge, they have to interlock their needs in a certain way that basically breaks their needs. So when they create that bridge, it's a one-time deal. Like, those Amps that are are the bridge are now dead. <gasps> and they do it for the colony. Exactly. So it makes me think of... Imagine that from an individual standpoint. It's like you literally... Like, isn't that mind control and like a natural sense? Yeah. Because like- you're not mm-hmm. acting out of yourself. You're acting out of the group, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I oh, don't know. Gosh. That's scary because I, I can relate so much of like human group think to like the bug world. There's just yeah. so many parallels. And so when you're talking, I'm like, if you can see it in ants, I wouldn't be surprised if not that we're going to automatically start killing ourselves to make bridges. But someone's going to think, and they already kind of are in order for the good of society some people have to be sacrificed and that's just the way it is
0: oh my god i mean i yeah i can i can 100% see it already honestly just by the way i'm for as much as i love talking about like all the down stuff like the reason why i like I don't know focus so much on the, the crazy side of technology because I truly think that if you have, like,
2: uh, I'm also really hopeful, like, uh, hopeful for like humanity's future, if I can be completely oh, yeah. honest. For as like horrible as it may go, I truly believe it just won't.
1: Mm-hmm. Hopefully,
2: well, it I think cool. that's the beauty
1: <laughs> of I felt like. I felt like yes, a lot of our sci-fi exploration these days in pop culture is like warnings, right? Um, yeah. Don't do this, don't do that; it's going to be bad. But I feel like there was back in the fifties, like the the optimism of like mid-century um, sci-fi and how oh, we envisioned the Jetsons. You know that yeah. that is a beautiful concept to think what what are the
2: possibilities? Yeah, I mean, I think what it is, I I think we've just been crushed by late-stage capitalism. Um, just like everything becoming a product and like something that sell and like how we've been, you know, relating it to like the, what we talked about the b- before about the just con- conditioning. We've just been conditioned that everything is as it is, that ads should just be everywhere. And I don't know, like all the different things that like uh, our society has progressed into, but yeah. I don't think it's necessarily bad either because I think like um, for as much as people talk about, you know, shrinking, attention spans and tiktok and things like that the content that these youngsters are coming out with is pretty highbrow if i can be honest if you look for like the right one so i don't know i think i think our future is pretty hopeful honestly i think the the next generation they seem pretty cool if i can be honest yeah (laughs) (laughs) do you want to move into real
1: world or do you have any other fictional examples
2: well no, we can we can move into real world. Like I guess the only other thing I I could think of is like Minority Report, the three um, the three oracles basically, because mm-hmm. they also acted in a way that wasn't fully in control of their own thoughts. They just seemed like they were a part of like this mass or like this like kind of like hive mentality. I guess I would have to ask you a question if if that's like possible. Mm-hmm. Would you consider hive mentality like hive society a hive civilization? Would you consider that mind control?
1: To a degree, yeah, because I I would think the opposite of mind control is like complete autonomy. And if you don't have complete autonomy, then in the hive mind, yeah, I would see that as a form of – because would it be – there wouldn't be conditioning involved? Would it be just like an automatic this is what you do and think for the benefit of the community versus education and teachings?
2: Man, that's an interesting question. Like, does an ant have even have an idea of individualism? Is oh, that, that even a concept true. they understand? Or like a bee? Do, do they have an idea? Like, you know, when a bee looks at itself in the mirror, does it understand that it's a bee, or does it just think that it's like another cell in a large organism?
1: Mm. Yes, man, uh, our, our self awareness does complicate things. Our self awareness and our the the knowledge that we know that there's an end because we talk like I was listening to someone else, another podcast, we talking heavy, about man. like dogs and cats don't know there's an end. So they live their life so freely, but we're such an anxious, you know, species, because there's so much hinging on what can we accomplish before we die and what's going to happen after.
2: God, um, that is so true. <laughs> uh, I can't, th- there was actually a poem that I, I read like a long time ago. I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was on the, the along the lines of the most beautiful thing about life is that we know that it begins and that we know it ends um Mm -hmm. obviously all ours like left to interpretation but i think that if you think about it that way it could be kind of nice it's like the instead of it thinking that it's just forever that we have a a solid knowledge of it that we know what's going to happen but we don't know when or how or anything like that and you can either live in that fear or the anxiety or just live in the present i think that's kind of like a cool concept but at the same time it is really scary do you think the
1: ants in the bridge know there's an end? Like when they perform sacrificial acts, do they? Do they know? Or like bees when they sting, and the sting is their swan
2: song? All right. If I can be honest, the ant one, I do. That is like really philosophical to me. That's that's like wow. Because I, I have I have no even concept of that. Like, uh-huh. because like you know maybe it's just like the writer in me but i'm thinking about it or, like from like a movie point of view you know you have like, the soundtrack in the middle you have with like, the ant getting crawled over as he looks into the sunlight and then like all the, the last ant crawls over him and then he realizes oh this is it mm. yeah that's like depressing but what i think about the beat i don't know why maybe it's just because like i put human emotions to it but i, I just like consider the beginning like really pissed off at me like oh yeah watch this it's like like oh like one of those people that are really angry in traffic and do some crazy Yes, maneuver to try to like prove their point. I think about it like that. They're they like, like, oh, yeah, will watch this. <laughs> yeah. it's like, um, justice, ultimate justice, <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, yeah, we'll watch this, and then they end up dying. They're like, ah, man, I should have been more calm. <laughs> 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 I should have went to therapy. That's, that's to you that. know what, though. Your original
1: question, though, about hive mind is hive mind mind control. Um, yeah, but I okay, here's my thought. It is mind control for the benefit of the hive because it's at the detriment of the individual. That's my thought. What do you think?
2: I would would agree. Okay. I would agree in the, in the sense of like what we understand of hive mind, um, I I would consider like with other sci-fi that I've read, some that I've written myself, the there is, and again we've never seen it, so like who knows if it's actually possible in nature, but. In other sci-fi works I've read, I, I even in Ender's Game, there is a society of high-minded people, but they also, it's it's both it's dual. They they also have an idea of individualism. And in those same books, when like the humans would confront those societies and be like, oh, how you don't, you don't even have an idea of individuality, and he goes like, well, do you everything like you're you're basically a, a culture of, of people like if you put yourself in the woods by, by yourself you'd probably die out in a month but if we put a group of you together now you live like you you're in the same sense but you just have your like your consciousness doesn't agree with it you have an idea of individual individualism but you really don't have it because in order to survive you have to be within a group so it is an interesting concept i don't know I think that just us being humans will always make us view other things as being humans. Yeah. Or like, uh, yeah, exactly. We just project our emotions everywhere.
1: You have to hope too that the hive mind actually has everyone's best interests at heart. I think a lot about the analogy of like crabs in a bucket when they're all in a bucket and they're all destined to die because they're, you know, they're being farmed or whatever, but farmed, I mean, I guess, collected from the ocean Um, and they'll start crawling out or the ones that get crawled out will get pulled back down. And it's just like an automatic response.
2: Isn't that kind of sad? What? Yeah. That's not even sad. That's just so petty. Again, I I just think of the dark humor and everything. I'm thinking like an office episode episode that like one, you know, like a gym fun, like squeezes out and like Michael just pulls it back. It's like, I don't think so. Not today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And okay. So in cases where, you know, petty people don't like to see other people get, you know, accomplish greater things and they pull people down. Like, is that a hive mind? Like, what? What enables huh. that on such a large scale? That that Man. that idea of conformity to not stand out out of jealousy, out of safety. you know, it's, it's do we have a hive mind and we just don't know it?
2: Oh my god. <laughs> no, yeah, that's the sound of a person having one of those epiphanies that you just stare out a window and think for a second. <laughs> um Cause no, honestly, the the more I could like the more I think about it, especially when you contribute uh, social media where like somebody will post 12 seconds of a four minute clip and post uh, they'll, they'll pull a title for that for that video that is completely opposite of what's happening in the video and then all the comments will be the agreeing and they're defending the point of the poster mm. and then that one comment will say oh yeah this is this is a complete farce this is a complete lie and that vote that comment gets like downvoted to a literation like everyone just hates that one thing because we just immediately pack on uh-huh. to hive mentality bill burr has one of my favorite jokes that he says that people when they argue they, they will just go to i'm right.com and find information that agrees with what they're saying even even if what they're saying is wrong I didn't like, know about I'm right.com. <laughs> no, it's not a real thing. That's not the, oh. the joke that he made. It's like, <laughs> don't, don't go to i right.com and just go and just find whatever they, whatever they want as a, as a resource and regurgitate it back to you, even if it's not true. Yeah. You know, no, matter, yes. no, no matter, no matter upon your your stance about flat earth or globe earth, is there even a name for the opposite end or is it just called logic? But whatever. It, it's science. <laughs> yeah. It's just called. Yeah. <laughs> <sense>. Um. <laughs> But when it comes to that, no matter on your point of view on it, no matter, like, how that happened, just the pure act that, like, another human could come up with that, I mean, it's just, yeah, I don't know. At the it, end of the day, I, I think we might have a, a high mind, I can't lie you. <laughs>
1: No, no, I think uh, food for thought. Our listeners can continue to mull that one over. I did have an interesting exp- uh, encounter when I had the conspiracy episode uh, last season. I would basically break up the podcast topics into social media posts and I share them. And one of them was that there have been a lot of f- kind of like what's happening right now with the hazmat situations throughout the the US. There's, there was actually a semi um, crash near where I live and released some nitric acid into the air. Oh my God, you're acid. near that? Yes.
2: yes. Oh <laughs> my God. I was just talking to a friend about that yesterday. We were going in.
1: <laughs> yes. It was a little scary. It's on the opposite side of town of me, but I, I work in emergency communications and I was like ready to go oh, with God. region-wide emergencies. And apparently it didn't get to that level. So I, I'm okay where I'm at at least, but anyway, Ohio and like everywhere else that there's all these. So right now that's huge, but okay. So last year it was about food processing plant explosions. And so um, we were talking about, and I, I can't, it's too soon for me to say anything about these hazmat situations. And the one in yeah. Ohio is obviously astronomically awful. Um, but for the food processing plants, they talk about in the great big picture, there's quantities of these plant issues throughout the year. But right now, because of like algorithms and stuff, people are getting more exposure to the the processing plant stuff. People were assuming that enemies were messing with their food because kill off the food, kill off the people kind of idea. And all I did was share a video that talked about it. And because I hashtagged food processing plants, I had a ton of people that thought I was like I was just educating on the conspiracy and talking about like its existence and stats, but people thought I was saying that I was confirming it or something, you know, like actually saying the conspiracy is true and people would automatically report it. So that video kept getting taken down. I'm like, what is happening so what? like in that instance, um, people were not really listening. They were just automatically, you know, responding in a way that they were, con- you know, from wh- whatever side of TikTok they're on. But it was really interesting.
2: That is fascinating. If I can be honest, uh, and it kind of goes in line with the political thing, I remember when I was um, I don't know in two thousand sixteen, back when people like when the the whole idea of not bringing up. A, politics and normal conversation was still kind of like uh yeah let's keep doing that yeah but we uh we were talking about like my family's pretty like open so we were talking about like politics and um i started getting like a little bit heated because obviously you know i'm pretty like liberal and then like my family is pretty conservative catholic dominicans so um we started talking about i believe we were in new york and there was like a huge uh thing came out that a woman had been caught using her ebt to buy lobsters and then selling the lobsters um and it was a huge thing it was like this whole like uh you know class thing about like oh should they get rid of the services and put less money into it and xyz my mom's like a very open person she was talking about like you don't know the help that a person could need and all these things and then like you know my cousins were like arguing back it's like no you know we came to this country and like you know worked our butt off in in order to get here and that's what other people should do just going like back and forth on it and all I said, it was like, isn't it crazy that you're so riled up over this poor woman, but you don't even bat an eye, not even an eye to these corporations taking millions, millions mm-hmm. in in money that they should that they should be getting taxed on, millions in, you know, and shortcutting their employees so that they, they don't have to pay for pensions, billions in healthcare regulations that they just straight up avoid and profit trillions off of. And then when they get hit with a fine, the fine is like, ten thousand dollars like you get so mad over this poor woman taking a maximum of 50k but don't even bat an eye the corporations taking millions why is that because they because the people with the millions have sway with the media and because of like we're just in this perpetual thing of putting so much blame on something else when it's not even there it made me that example made me immediately think of like what you're talking about with the food processor because these people over here worried that some other country is messing with our food forgetting the fact that our own food companies are messing with our food Mm -hmm. (laughs) you don't even have to look you don't even have to outsource that what do you mean nestle (laughs) what are you talking about
1: (laughs) they're like um like there's only a certain percentage of chocolate that's still in nestle like it's not really even chocolate anymore. Like they're standard <laughs> candies. They they can't I'll even really me. call it chocolate. It's just candy.
2: i <laughs> will tell you, I picked up a I, I can't. I picked up like a a candy bar a couple of days ago, and they didn't say chocolate. It said chocolate candy. And mm-hmm. I'm old enough now to like, yeah. If they have to use words like that, then it's not that. If you pick yes. up a juice and it says it's um it's like a a juice drink. Trust me, that has less juice in it than a soda. Like you might yeah. as well drink a soda.
1: Yeah. No, it's really interesting the conditioning of the real world to be to to redirect to misinform. It's and, and yeah, obviously we can get extremely political here, but it it's it's just really interesting um the things that are kind of normalized as far as systems go. And I was thinking of what you said earlier at the very beginning, the perceptions of the world, depending on your media algorithm and how algorithms can change all the time. And quite honestly, we, will, we don't really understand what's being shown to us and how on like the TikTok algorithms. We, we aren't there. We aren't working for the company. When they say that you get so many hits, we don't actually know that. You know, I feel like these are just numbers that they provide, and many times those numbers can be meaningful numbers. Like, oh, okay, a thousand people actually saw my video and liked it, or it could be a thousand people, but lots of them were like, maybe not even like they were bots; they weren't even real accounts. You know what I mean? But you mm-hmm. wouldn't know. You just have these these numbers to work off of.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean. I'm sure you know it. A lot of people listening, you know, any author doing their own marketing, you know, we rely on on social media, obviously, yes. and not only and not only do we rely on it, we also rely on the statistics that they provide, and it is, mm-hmm. uh unnerving, to a different degree when I sit back and I try to do my numbers and I like, oh, what time should I post? When should I do this? And the statistics that I get are. In all honesty, meaningless because good friends of mine that I have on Instagram that we both follow each other, talk constantly, send each other messages. Because they're not authors, maybe because they're not artists, they don't even see my post. It doesn't even show up on their on their homepage or on their on their searches on their explore page. It doesn't even show up. It's not even in the realm of things that they see. These, we're talking about people that know me personally, never get shown. My content,
1: yeah, yeah,
2: it's uh, which sorry. is just no, no, because no. all I was gonna say was that it's just weird, and I'm not even coming from a point of like, oh, me, me, me. This how it should be working, but it's just like, all right, well, if we're friends, and I'm not even you're not even showing them my content, and what are you showing them? Yeah. Like, how are you dictating what content is content?
1: Well, something that kind of sad and scary to me was on TikTok, I used to just get really, really random stuff. And it has you know, narrowed down. I mostly like crazy dogs and <laughs> you know funny animals. <laughs> but and then because it, they kind of triangulated my age and the fact that I'm a, in a family, I start getting a lot of those related stuff. I yeah. did not get any author ones until I started gearing my podcast and my podcast is pretty it's in the speculative fiction realm but like it covers a lot of what you could argue is broad like we talk about fantasy fight scenes and that now we're talking about mind control you know like there's it's Mm -hmm. it could be all over the place and so I think TikTok wasn't like would try to hit those individual things as I would promote these posts I didn't get to start seeing actual writers until I started actually gearing my stuff toward writers which makes me think that writers are only getting seen by other writers and which is hard because what if writers aren't your target audience you want readers and the readers who want whatever genre you're writing in like I I just started noticing all of these like small you know um what do you call small business authors I'm like I didn't see you until I the TikTok started pegging me as you so it's like are you are you are you reaching your audience correctly
2: my God, yeah. That so. actually like re- that, no, yeah. That actually like really like su- like sunk into me because that is a hundred percent true. With some of that, I will talk to my um to my friends over here and hear about it, just like peers, other authors, and I guess sometimes you want to believe the opposite because once in a while you'll get that one person that comments like, "Oh, this sounds great. I'll pick up the book," um, and you believe it's like, all right. Well, you know, that that's proof positive. But I think at the end of the day you're right most of our content really just regurgitates to other people within the same circle so really to break that mold you would have to well some that that will forever forever very much annoy me but honestly I I don't want to be hateful so I mean like just god bless everybody like you know the hustle I, I respect hustle above anything but it always annoys me when I see a person that has a book talk account meaning they read books right Mm -hmm. have much higher follower count much higher engagement count much higher comments higher likes higher shares than the very authors they're reviewing like that in itself is it 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 boggles me and an argument could be made like oh well but maybe the author isn't promoting themselves to the same degree that this book talk person is but then you look at the author and they are so it's just like all right well instagram just isn't being fair here because Ooh, when when the reader drops a post is talking to all readers and we don't even have to sit here and, and philosophize about which group is going to be bigger between writers and readers um do, you, do, you, do should we pretend to be readers <laughs> like, that's we? what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i actually just got like an idea for a reel Like just like me showing up with like a little mustache and you know like uh, like a, a glasses with a with a nose tied up like attached to it and just pretend like I'm a reader that ha- that's going to have to be what I do for for the algorithm in order to get a higher engagement or higher whatever it may be cuz even a yes. podcast I'm thinking about now I'm wondering if I'm only reaching out to other podcasts cuz ironically enough now I'm getting all these different followings and different things from other podcasts yeah. So maybe and I should clarify too, problem. like
1: clearly we are reading and we are readers, but the algorithm probably doesn't peg us as such. So then we have to like but, that's what we're talking about. If anyone's like, what do you mean you're not reading? Well, yes, of course we're reading.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, well, marketable I, well, readers. <laughs> exactly. What what we're basically what what I'm arguing about is basically when an author posts, their engagement is only going to people that both write and read, which is a much narrower group than people that just read, mm. which is the issue. Like we yes. would want, the whole point is that you want to be able to target people that you want to target. But then this is where it gets annoying. I think that it does work like that, but only if you pay Instagram, if you boost your, that's when I think you start hitting accounts that you want to be doing. It's like everything else. It's like you know, like the, the free version is cool, but hey, with the pro you can get all these extra additions. So really it's just another now we're being sold on engagement.
1: Well what makes Even me sad and is a product. This is where conditioning because this all is related. <laughs> like it's not a
2: it's not kind
1: of a tangent, but not really. Because the conditioning that I watched over the last decade of the normalization of this system is scary.
2: If I can be honest, as you said that it made me think that the biggest um Example: The biggest case that I've seen about that of of kind of like conditioning that had just rolled over is: Do you remember six years ago when people would joke about like, oh, my phone's listening to to me? I was talking about lawnmowers, and then I used my phone, and there were lawnmowers there. That was like that was a common joke uh-huh. between people, right? Yes. Now that is as commonplace as the sun is going to come out tomorrow. Yeah, it it just happens. It just happens. If you're with your friend and you start talking about a relationship. Guaranteed. When you ha- when you go on your phone, within three posts, you're going to be ta- you're going to see things related to a relationship. If you are talking about a song that you can't remember, you're going to be shuffling on Spotify one day and it will pop up. It- it's just, mm-hmm. it is so weird how something like that invasive has been normalized. Well, and what's interesting? And, and we've allowed it to be normalized. We like instead of joking about it, we should have immediately ran to our political officials, the people that represent us, and be like, "Hey, yeah, laws need to be behind this. How yes. is my phone listening to me when I don't want it to, it to be listening to me?" But well, what, now we've swung the opposite way.
1: One way that I could see how this has been enabled. So I uh, in in my in my other life, my parallel life, I make I work on websites that. Face a huge public audience. And one of the biggest challenges we had when we were first establishing the navigation system is the general person that wants the website to read their mind. um, whether they want a specific service or a, you know, they want to understand where like where they can get a particular thing. I'm trying not to be too transparent about what I do. <laughs> anyway. um but it, that was like we're, we're literally like the perfect website would be one that reads your mind. And unfortunately we can't, but now as the years have gone by, there's triangulation and websites can, now well, apps are talking to each other as anyone with an Apple phone knows they'll get that notification. Mm-hmm. Like, do you want this app to talk to other apps? And now they are, they're starting to read your mind through that way. And I think because there's that assumed benefit that I don't have to have that much effort to look where I want to look. It'll just pop up for me. It allows for these services to happen but it's a little scary at the same time.
2: <sighs> yeah. <laughs> right. those, no. Again, I just I don't know. I I guess like the, the way that my brain thinks, I I just always consider um that you know if this is where we're at at an inch, where will we be in a foot? Oh yeah. Of thinking. So but... I I always consider that yeah. If we're if we're allowing this now, I can only imagine what future generations will continue to allow. Uh, just, it is, um, I don't know. It's a conversation that I always, always have with anyone that will listen to me, honestly. I almost sound like a crazy old person. Um, I always just ask myself, like, has it always been like this? Like, when, when I start thinking that, like, man, just this point in, in life right now, this point in history, this point in our political infrastructure, this point in our technological advancement that other generations think the same thing when Mm -hmm. when the tv came out and everyone was about books you know were there people my age looking like oh no this is it we're done these kids are over here watching tv now that's it we're done we're done we're done there's no there's no we can there's no way we can advance from this Did it always feel like that you know what i mean because well eventually we're gonna have it projected
1: directly into our brains that'll be our next step
2: Oh my God! And Again, then we'll that, have
1: high, complete mind control, right? Then that—that's the gateway.
2: Oh my God! I try—I try to have these arguments with my friends constantly, where he, he always talking me about like the, the neural link and he goes like, "Oh, that's gonna be the end. Like that's gonna be the new ex- evolution of humans." And I'm like, "Dude, you're not thinking. If you're having a, if if there is a device that can beam information in, don't you think it can also put other information in when mm-hmm. you don't want it to, the same way that your phone always always listening when it's not supposed to, or." going a little bit further if it, if it can put things in that means it can outport things so oh, yes uh, yeah
1: it's not just what, hacking your you computer for passwords anymore
2: <laughs> exactly it's it's like real stuff it's like it's cyberpunk it's neural it's neuromancer it's like yes. legit we're, we're gonna see things that are just completely take over and just another thing that is just really um is really interesting to me is people that make like those like finance blogs or finance whatever and those things are fascinating to me because they'll, they'll talk about some class, about them making being a millionaire and all these things. And the main thing in my head when I read these posts or when I find about these people is, is this real? Because mm-hmm. there's literally nothing stopping you from just going on vacation to Dubai, right? And taking a video while you're, taking a couple of videos while you're there of like you using like a, a laptop and pretend like you're this millionaire person. There's nothing yeah. stopping you from- seeing a really nice car when you're walking around central London and just sitting in front of it and saying like oh yeah be like me I'm cool yes. because humans will just react to that. It was something that I was um that I read about it was like an article saying that humans react to people that they think are at a higher status than them. So for example, if I made a motivational um speech right now just in my living room as a normal person It would get some likes, it would get some views, but it wouldn't do as well as me saying the exact same thing in a nice suit with a Rolex on at the lobby of some really nice hotel, Mm -hmm. just because it just, even though what I'm saying, even the same passion, everything would be the same, but just the aesthetic of it will respond to more, to more people why who knows you're
1: you're so what you're telling me is that if we want to start conditioning people more into liking you and you know i guess liking you you got to you got to you got to wear the wear the costume yeah you gotta wear the costume these instagram lifestyles can be so fabricated oh and i have a theory about all those you know when people say let me teach you how to get rich take my workshop and you'll be rich too i always think well that workshop is part of the scheme they make yes. money. They make money off you. <laughs>
2: yes, exactly. My favorite is when they say like, "Oh, buy my book and you'll be rich." And in my head, I'm like, "That is the that's that's what you're doing." Yep. The book is the deal. What are you talking about? Yes. You're just sucking me into buying it. That's the that's what you <laughs> you did. Hook line and finger. <laughs> um, All right. No. So we
1: we're at the hour. I have one more thing, but did you want to say something before we do that?
2: Uh, no. Go ahead.
1: Okay, I wanted to talk about like is mind control real and so now i have a case study like actually real not just like in in fantasy and fiction sci-fi worlds but have we accomplished it here and have you heard of mk ultra
2: yes okay
1: yes it is the cia's secret quest for mind control i'm getting this information from an npr article i want to be able to quote you know quote my sources here But during the Cold War, the CIA thought the communists had discovered a drug or a technique that would allow them to control minds. So the CIA then created a secret program called MKUltra to search for this drug that could then be weaponized against enemies. This happened in the 50s to early 60s. They were covertly funded at universities and research centers. And some uh, experiments were done in American prisons and in detention centers in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines. Mm -hmm. what they did to subjects basically okay this is what they were trying to do right they believe that mind control must first you seize control by blasting away the existing mind then you have to find a way to insert a new mind they never figured out how to insert a new mind but they did a lot of work on blasting the existing mind which was torture electroshock high doses of lsd so thousands of people's lives maybe even more than i don't know but like were destroyed or they were killed. So ultimately the CIA concluded my control is not possible. What are your thoughts on that?
2: Um well, you know, I'm a huge I mean, I love conspiracy theories, not believing in them, but I just think they are phenomenal uh, sources of motivation for writing. But the MK Ultra thing in particular was always interesting to me because that literally is what led to the discovery of LSD. LSD was meant as an artificial replacement for dmt it was supposed to be an artificial like making artificial an artificial version of dmt and the reason they started with that is because they understood that dmt it basically lifted the consciousness out of the body and allowed the like the consciousness to like flow like elsewhere so in studying that they were like all right well maybe that's just the first part if we lifted the consciousness out of the body could we put another consciousness into that slot right kind of like mm-hmm. you're like you just like blew the the cartridge of an N 64 like can we switch out mario kart and put in sonic now um and in that i mean i, I think that is just uh unbelievably un- unbelievably fascinating because even you know, that's like the high ticket examples of it. But even our myths have examples of that. When people would take DMT and then they would say that they were, you know, possessed by like a demon or something like that. Isn't that in, a, in essence like mind control? Leaving the consciousness and then some other right. extra dimensional whatever being is like now in, in charge of like that body. That in itself is the basis for a lot of like myths from back then. And now we have this like MK Ultra thing that is trying to weaponize it uh so I I still think it's honestly possible I think that a CIA like saying that is maybe like them finding out and then being like all right well you know what couldn't do it oh well and then just working on it in silence um
1: yeah like I, why would they tell us if they actually discovered it <laughs> exactly
2: exactly <laughs> that makes no sense that's like when you were a kid and you really wanted pizza and your parents said they had no money and you're in the back of your head you're like you have money <laughs> yeah we can get mcdonald's yeah <laughs> that's funny uh, but yeah, okay. I, I do I do think it's possible, honestly.
1: Well, I could talk much longer about this and the hour flew by. And so um, wow, I thank you so much for joining me. This was so much fun. Can't wait to share with their listeners. Do you have any final thoughts, last words, or promotions that you'd like to make?
2: Um, well, as far as last words go, uh kind of going back to what we talked about before with uh like what authors need to do for engagement. I, I think we need to go in the route of, like, the music industry. I think we need to have, like, uh you know, like, beef with each other. Know what I mean? We need to just start, like, calling out <laughs> other, other authors to be like, hey, you know what, romance ain't about it. And, you know, just start, start like, making, like, disc, disc books, disc novels. <laughs> Which will attract <laughs> about... attention, yes. Yeah, just, just a, start a drama. And then three months after that, I clear the drama up. It's like, oh, yeah, me and Stephen King are back. We're cool and whatnot. And it's just, like, a Photoshop of me and Stephen King awkwardly. And <laughs> a, a coffee booth somewhere that's what that's we do funny. start yeah. wearing chains and like you know driving around just like show me in like a, a picture of like me and a camry but like you know like bumping the audiobook like yeah man that's how we roll out here we need yeah. to start doing that honestly um okay. <laughs> we could all get bored with it but as far as promotions go the into the great void is First, I'm actually saying it out loud outside of like my own podcast. It is coming out March 13th is the official day for it. It's on its pre-order phase right now. If you go to my website, neotino.net, it is up there, and there is a promo box sale right now where you get a copy of the paper book when it is released, signed, three mini posters, five by eight, that have you know, the blown up images of like, the images within the book, three bookmarks, a custom illustration slash painting from me that will also be fit in there, as well as two other knickknacks you can pick for yourself, all for $12. Um, that doesn't include shipping. I think shipping is a flat $9 across the United States and then the ebook pre-order is just $1 so you can pre-order it and get the ebook when it comes out for just $1 so that's neotino.net available right now and it should very much still be out when it is uh when this comes live you can still go up and pick it up so make sure to do so it's going to be amazing i'm honestly really excited for it
1: Speculative Sandbox is a volunteer-run podcast that relies on the collaboration of fellow creators like you. Join the conversation and participate in fun polls and questionnaires on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Interested in being in a future episode? Our DMs are open, or you can email speculativesandbox at gmail.com.